Hello, welcome to the IDEAS podcast. Inclusive, digital, educational, anti-discriminatory alternatives. You're listening to module six, climate change, environment and gender. Episode four, gender and performative climate proofing. Stella Tereka is a PhD student at the University of Iceland. She's currently here on a full scholarship, and her PhD position is a collaboration between the Grokes program and the University of Iceland and Makerere University in Uganda. Stella is enrolled in the interdisciplinary doctoral program in Environment and Natural Resources, where her focus is on gender and climate change. Broadly speaking, her research examines the gender dimensions of climate change, but more specifically, Stella aims to identify effective strategies to support what she calls a gender-transformative climate-proofing in agriculture and natural resources sectors in Uganda, which we will hear more about later. Stella will spend the fall semester at the University of Iceland, where she is enrolled in several postgraduate seminars. Stella, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So... Stella, I want to start by asking you, uh, what set you on this path towards uh, gender and climate change? Like, what's what happened in your life that sparked this interest, and why are you where you are now? <laughs> Thank you so much for the question. Uh, well, maybe to start with um, my background, uh, I come from uh, a rural community, uh, a rural farming community. So as a child, I used to do a bit of farming uh, until I grew up and uh, was able to go to to the urban uh, center for my education and also growing up. But then um, a better part of the communities in Uganda, uh, farming communities, it's the like the main source of livelihood for so many communities. And um, when you talk about communities, I'm referring to so many of the women in in Uganda and, and broadly in Africa. When you look at Africa, it's the majority of women mm-hmm. in the farming, you know, in, in the farming um, um, uh, livelihood, yeah? So looking at the women and also the hardships they go through and during my uh, bachelor's degree, was looking at development, uh, generally uh, development studies, and was able to look at, you know, how do women, you know, really contribute to a lot of development, and yet they are not seen anywhere, you know, in most of the statistics, yeah? Because when you look at the agriculture they are doing, majorly subsistence farming. Subsistence farming. Subsistence farming. So um, this is a kind of farming for food consumption okay and then um, a little of the surplus is what goes to to the market all right okay and you find that you know generally in uganda it is this surplus you know it is this small surplus that accumulates to lots and lots of volumes that you know comes to the market so you find that you know the women are actually you know contributing a lot you know, to 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 the market, a lot to 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 the livelihoods of the country. But yet, right. you know, when you come to the statistics, you don't see much of their contribution. In what way coming out? Like, yeah? if you look at the statistics, what is it that's missing? So, if you look at the statistics, you know, you 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 you're not seeing, you know, how much of the subsistence farming 
right. is contributing to the agriculture sector or to the development of the country. Yeah, okay. they are looking at more of the you know okay the economic uh, uh, the economic indicators or the economic um, aspects, but yet the subsistence farming is kind of framed in a social kind of you know setting. Okay. Yeah, so and 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 you don't see that much of it, you know, coming out, you know, in the statistics, yeah? So they will tell you, okay, agriculture is contributing this percentage, you know, to the GDP. Okay. But they'll not be able to tell you how much of this is contributed by the women, yeah? So women are essentially invisible in economics. Kind in that of. Way. Kind, kind of, of yeah. yeah. They will tell you the much that the agriculture is contributing, and they will tell you the numbers of women in agriculture in the subsistence agriculture, but they will not tell you how much of that GDP is being contributed by the women. Okay, so are you saying that one of the reasons you do what you do or what set you on this path is that you feel like women's contribution to development and to the national economy is not recognized and you would like to see that happening? Yes, I would like to see that happen. And I see... uh, climate change, you know, the, the the changing climate as one of those opportunities that, you know, because everyone is looking at climate change mm-hmm. and we are looking at the agriculture sector, which is hugely impacted by climate change. In what way? Just for me, that doesn't know at all. Oh, okay. So um, <laughs> one of the ways is that um, agriculture in Uganda mm-hmm. and, and, and broadly in Africa depends on rainfall. Okay. Yeah. Now, you find that, you know, because of climate change, the rainfall does not come as it used to come. Yeah. What do I mean by this? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you find that the seasons that uh, we used to have, you know, like really clear seasons when the rains would come and when they would stop. Yeah. So we even used to have that in our local languages, you know, for the months, you know, to uh, uh, tell you this is a rain season. This is a season for planting. This is a season for harvesting. Now, all that has ceased. So you find that, you know, the season, the month that, you know, used to be called, let's say, a rain season or a rain month, you know, Mm -hmm. prepare to plant, the rain is not coming. Yeah. So meaning that, you know, if you are depending on rainfall fully and then the seasons are changing, when you expect the rain, it is not coming. Mm -hmm. And when it comes, it's really short. Yeah. Now you look at the women, they are the majority in the agriculture sector, but they are also tasked with quite a number of household chores, you know, what we call the unpaid care work. Right. Taking care of the children, taking care of the sick and, you know, all those, you know, domestic chores, you know, fetching of water, fetching of firewood. And then at the same time, the rains are coming, maybe not in a timely manner. And experts are telling these women sometimes you have to plant very quickly, yeah? So meaning you have to prepare the land very quickly. Mm -hmm. Now, with the confusion of not knowing when the rains are going to come, you find yourself, you know, with all this, a lot of work. So when the rain comes, then you have to hurry to prepare the land. So you find that most of the time, the women are left out because you have very limited time to do so many things. You're not going to leave the household, you know, caretaking, you know, mm-hmm. for, you know, just do uh, agriculture for food security or for, for markets, you know. So 
all these things have to be done simultaneously. Yeah. Right. So now because of the climate change, you find that, you know, because the rains are not coming when they were supposed to come. Yeah. Or sometimes you find that, you know, when they're supposed to be harvesting, it's now raining. Yeah. So meaning that, you know, it is affecting again, you know, the food security because they cannot dry because they use the local, you know, uh, drying, you know, methods, you know, you have to dry in the sun. So if the right. sun is not there, you will not be able to dry. And what does this mean? It means that, you know, first and foremost, it's going to affect your food security. Yeah. And even the food in the garden, depending on the intensity of the rain, sometimes it rots. Yeah. Yeah. So again, going back to, you know, the women providing the food in the household and, you know, being affected by all these other issues. And then at the same time, bringing in, you know, other social, you know, complexities that, you know, interlink with the, with the, you know, what is happening, you know, or what is. Like what? What kind of social complexities? You know, the, the gender roles, for example, yeah, because basically when you look at the rural communities, there is a clear cut of what a woman is supposed to do right? and what a man is supposed to do. And you'll hardly find, you know, uh, a crossover, you know, between the women mm-hmm. and the men, you know, let's say, for example, a man saying that, okay, today I'm going to cook food or I'm going to bathe the children. Mm-hmm. You will hardly find that, you no. know, no, it's, okay. it's very hard. And, and and for the men, you know, who have, you know, tried to kind of to transform, you know, this yeah. habit uh, due to um, uh, some of the policies that have been enacted, you know, in yeah. the country, uh, some of the programs by right. non-government organizations. So you find that, yes, there is a bit of uh, uh, change. Uh-huh. But this is also affected by, you know, the cultural norms mm-hmm. that tend to say that, okay, as a man, you cannot wash clothes yeah, in yeah, a home. Yeah. Uh-huh. So if you try to do that and another man finds you washing clothes, mm-hmm. you know, they will call you names. Oh. They will say that, oh, you know, that man has been pocketed by the woman. I see, yeah. The woman is sitting on her, on, on, on him, or this man has been put in a bottle and men wouldn't really want to be, you know, <laughs> given such. No, no. Completely, yeah, because the, they still want to be, you know, the of men. Of course. Yeah. I'm, what I'm hearing, I'm, I'm hearing something very interesting here because on, on, on one hand, you were, you were now you were talking about gender roles before you were talking about the climate. Yes. And it would seem that that there is, you know, a time and a place where you have um, uh, where the climate was very predictable. You knew, like you say, you knew when the rainfall was coming. Everything yes. was very rigid. Yes. You knew this is how the weather was. Yes. And you knew what the gender roles were. Yes. Seems like it seems like there was like, you know, that you have this idea or one has this idea of a society that functions if everything is just the way it usually is. But then you now you have the climate changing, but yes. the gender roles are not changing with it. Yes. And that seems to create like a lot of friction because like yes. you can't control yes. the climate or like supposedly we can, but, but it's very difficult, you mm-hmm. know. So it's not like a decision we <laughs> just wake up and we can make. But, mm-hmm. but it seems like men... Uh, or just society in general are not changing along with the climate. And this is what's creating like, I mean, I mean, I know climate change is horrible, but you, but could you mitigate a lot of the, the, the issues by changing gender roles, you think? Yes, I, I, 
absolutely think. And yeah. that's why I'm saying that, you know, climate change gives mm-hmm. us an opportunity to narrow the gender gap. Yeah. Right. Because if we can take it in that angle that, you know, by working on climate change, mm-hmm. we must, you know, uh, talk about inclusion. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, men and women, although so many times, you know, when you talk about gender, you know, people run to women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but by, you know, bringing, you know, you know inclusion when talking about climate change, when you bring about, you talk about, you know, the gender, you know, the social gender roles, you know, how do we, for example, if the rains are limited, yeah, can I call it limited? Or if if the the cycle of, of, of the rain is not known, yeah? Or when they come, then it's going to be for a short period, you know, and yet at the same time, you need to ensure that you have food on the table. So what do we need to do? It means that, you know, we need to go back and look at the social norms, you know. Right. Can we change this? Can men and women start working together, mm-hmm. you know, within, you know, these social roles, the, the gender roles, you know. Can men also participate in cooking, in taking care of the children so that the women can mm-hmm. still get some more time to get to the garden and also the men get to the garden and work together because that means that, you know, you have, you'll have more time as opposed to, you know, one individual doing work, let's say, from morning uh, up to evening, you know. So if you add the time together, it means that, you know, you reduce on the workload, but then you get to achieve more. I think this is really interesting. I've done uh, interviews now, uh, four other interviews, where the theme when it comes to gender and climate change relies on, like, the climate is changing, it's bad, it's negatively affecting women, and we need to sort of mitigate that challenge. But what I'm hearing you say is actually, for all the terrible things that climate change brings with it, you're the first person I talk to that say climate change is actually an opportunity for sort of renegotiating the way things uh, used to be. Yes, yes. interesting. Yes, because it gives you that avenue you know, right. to do that. Without it, you know, you cannot go to the community and tell them, oh, you need to change. You need to give the community the why. Why do we need to change? And what is the benefit, you know? So if you go, you know, tell the community, okay, because the men are also interested in agriculture and and, and they are more interested in, you know, in the benefit, you know, out of the agriculture. Mm-hmm. So if they, are, if they know that actually working together, right? you know, we'll mm-hmm. be able to save time and we'll be able to contribute more to the productivity, you know, the production mm-hmm. and productivity within the right. agriculture sector, then I think they will be more interested in renegotiating the gender roles. I'll put to you an argument that I've heard a couple of times during both, you know, interviews and like uh, conversations I have in general, not just about gender and climate change, but this idea that in uh, activism or like, like attempting to change things when it comes to gender. Um, I can give an example of um, uh, gender and uh, peacekeeping. Let's say that uh, peacekeeping within the UN. Mm-hmm. Um, one uh, way or sort of strategy to like change uh, views on like women and gender within uh, say U- UN peacekeepers you know, uh, which, which is like a very male-dominated sort of militarized uh, feel. The uh, this a very similar argument was made, namely that if we tell men that their military operations are going to be more effective 
if they're gender inclusive, they're more likely to include women. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, is do you think, I'm just asking your personal opinion, is there like a problem in like appealing to like men's or society's um, sort of selfishness or like they're, you know, in, in, in trying to argue for the inclusion of women or like women's humanity? Like, you, you know, do, do you understand what I mean? Include women, include gender because it benefits you, not because it's just the right thing to do. I don't know. Um, so I, I look at it in this way that we need to, I mean, because there's no one silver bullet. Yeah. Right. So you need to look at it, you know, you know, holistically first and foremost, but also, uh, um, attack it, you know, like from different angles. Yes. Mm -hmm. It is a right to include women in everything. Yeah. And it has been a right. It was recognized as a right, you know, for so many years, you know. But where have we gone with this? Maybe not so much has happened, you know, by just, you know, identifying it as a right. But it gives us a starting point that, okay, it being a right, it means that, you know, we must do it. Yeah. So that gives us, you know, another approach that, okay, what is the best way or what is the effective Mm -hmm. way, you know, to get to the men? Yeah. So probably one of the ways would be, okay. how do you benefit as a man if you empower a woman? Right. Yeah. So that might be one of the effective, you know, ways, you know, to. Yes. And no, because I've also heard people like I've seen people throw around pieces of research saying that like men who support women's rights have better sex lives. Mm hmm. I don't know. It seems like the it seems like the motivation doesn't come from the right place. Do you understand what I mean? Like you should you should be for like equality because of equality. Yeah. You know, not because it like benefits you in some way. But I mean this is like a I don't know, this is like more of a philosophical discussion in this way. Because mm. there is this, you know, where should our morals come from? You know, should they come from like because of our own benefit yeah. or like just but I want to just move on a little bit here because we are actually nearing the end of the podcast. And I want to ask you what is in your research, I read this uh, or like in the description of your research, I read this term gender transformative climate proofing. What is climate proofing and how is it gender transformative? Okay. So when I talk about climate proofing. Yeah. And I'm relating it to, it's within the context of programs, mm-hmm. within the context of policies, yeah. yeah, that if we are coming up with policies, first and foremost, we need to think about, you know, does climate change, you know, affect this policy in any way mm-hmm. or the attaining this policy in any way? Okay. If yes, then we need to do something about that. That is one. Level one. Now, level two, if it is affected by climate change, then it means that, you know, we also need to go to another layer of it being gender transformative. Yeah. Meaning that, you know, don't only think about climate change, you know, the scientific, you know, jargons of, you know, climate change. But you should also think about, you know, the social, you know, bit of it, you know, how is this going to affect men and women? Yeah. How can men and women contribute to attaining this policy or how can men and women benefit equally or equitably, you know, from this program or from this policy? Okay. And that is what I mean by, you know, climate change and gender transformative proofing. All right. Yeah. 
Stella, I wish I could pursue you down that road and talk about this uh, for another hour, but unfortunately the podcasts are very short. So I just want to say thank you so much uh, for taking the time thank to join me. Thank you so me. much too.